Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sports Yak, the Modern Times Magazine Sports Podcast. I'm Wayne, calling in telephonically. I blame that for any quality issues, both in content and sound. And with me, as always, is John. And I am here uh, live and also telephonically. Luckily, I called Wayne and remembered his number. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) And so he has no excuses for deficiencies in quality or sound. That's correct. And um, we might have the debut of a new bell today. Um, And we can, you know, try that just so, so, you know, so people are used to it. Several new bells. Just stick around till the end to make sure you hear them all. If you collect all three bells, you win nothing. (laughs) Except our admiration. Yeah, well, not even that. I won't even give that. First off, we're going to talk to the Cardinals. Uh, they've finally wrapped up their coaching search. They were the last te- uh, team with an opening to find a uh, coach, which is not unusual if you follow the Cardinals for the past few coaching searches they've been on. Well, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, but, you know, to be fair, though, isn't uh, Indianapolis, I think, hasn't technically hired Josh McDaniels yet, right? Sure, sure, but that, and, and same with uh, the Lions and uh, Matt Patricia, also from the Patriots, but they're assumed to be done. Because, right, 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 right. Functionally, I will say they're the last team. Um, so Steve Wilkes, for, uh, he was the defensive coordinator for the Panthers, who have had pretty good defenses over the past several years. Uh, what do you what do you think of the hire? You know, I mean, I don't know. Just from what we've seen, I mean, there's a lot of people from the NFL who are saying he's he's you know you know top notch. Uh, you know, the Luke Kukli, um, you know, name comes to mind, but you know, we're not going to see it until we see what he can put on the field or how his teams execute. But he seems like a guy who, you know, he had, he had a really great soundbite, um, you know, that, you know, he decided to, you know, quit trying to, you know, not stand out because that's what he was made for. Um, you know, and I think there was, you know, you know, some better actual words. be sure what you need in your head coach. Yeah, so as we as we know from our previous from Brazilians, you know, confidence is kind of a key. Yeah, I mean, uh, in almost everything, but probably nothing, um, except you know, but could exceed that. Besides NFL football coach, I think you you know you have to have confidence in life, but you know you really want to kind of you know coach a team. You better have confidence in them and confidence in yourself. And I agree with you. And and hey. He was, you know, really selected. He's out there. I mean, you also got to give it to him for, you know, kind of going the, uh, you know, Rooney Rule route. It seems like they really went there and they found somebody who just they thought was the best. You know, there's all that talk that, you know, he really wasn't their first choice, that they wanted Pat Shermer and, um, you know, he wanted to go to New York instead. But, you know, it doesn't mean that he can't do it here. And, um, you know, but like we've talked about and everybody else is talking about, um, his job is probably not going to be dependent on what he can do so much as what quarterback he gets behind center. Exactly. Um, and even if a lot of people remember the last go-around, it was widely rumored that Andy Reid was the Cardinals' first pick. And then we all know he went to Kansas City and they ended with Bruce Arians, and that turned out pretty well. He ended up as the franchise leader in wins for a coach. So turns out Andy Reid's preference for barbecue over Mexican food Worked out well for the team. <laughs> hey, that you know my obligatory Andy Reid. Those are two of my favorite foods. So hey, more power to Andy Reid. <laughs> and um, I, I kind of feel the same way with you about Wilkes. Um, there's no obvious deficiencies. He seems like a pretty typical candidate. When you're choosing a coach, there's really two routes to go. You choose the successful coordinator, which Wilkes falls into, or you choose 
the retread. The guy who's been a head coach before, maybe lost the job, and then worked his way back up. A few times now that you're seeing a few guys who aren't even at the coordinator level getting interest, like uh, the quarterback's coach for the Eagles, but that's still pretty rare. So he falls into that category. They're not breaking new ground. He has had success in the past. He's worked his way up from being you know, a defensive backs coach at a small college all the way up to the NFL level and then defensive coordinator. So like, like you said, it's, there's a lot of unknown, but you know, there's no obvious, there's no obvious reason to be upset about it. It's not like the Herm Edwards hired at ASU where hey, the only no. people saying good things about it are the people who worked with him at ESPN, not the people who are saying good things about him are people actually in the NFL. At least. So. Hey now, I mean, come on. The, you know, the Herm Edwards thing is, you know, it's still got a you know potential for success. <laughs> Everything has potential for success before it starts. I mean, you I mean, know. the U of A literally like lost like their coach haphazardly back into an even worse situation than ASU, and then ass backwards got themselves a better coach. Yeah, Kevin Sumlin was you know someone I I, I wish they would have got him when they got Todd, Todd Graham. I kind of surprised they weren't looking at him after after they fired Todd Graham, and then he ends up at U of A. That's like kind of maybe, I feel like it's one of those typical U of A in-your-face kind of moves. And it, well, uh, yeah, it could and have the a fact that they got him. him makes me think he was not opposed to coming to Arizona. Right, so right, right, right. that right. only feeds into the Herm Edwards got the job because his agent <laughs> exactly. Well, was well, the athletic coordinator. So. You know, well, back to the Cardinals, and I, you know... <sighs> Bringing in a defensive guy could be good or bad. You know, I think that they've announced their their uh, uh, you know coordinators uh, Friday. Yeah. I think it was yeah, Mike, Mike McCoy. McCoy is uh, going to be the offensive coordinator. You know, so. and you know what that's going to mean. You know, who knows? Uh, as we've talked about on this podcast plenty of times, you know, with having David Johnson, um, it it at least it's something. It's not like you know they're looking for a running back or they have one that's mediocre. We know we have one of the best backs in the league. Um, and even his current injury, or what kept him out all of uh, 2017, is not one of those leg, kinds. Yeah, it, it wasn't a leg thing. It wasn't a ligament thing. Right, right. It was a it was a broken wrist on you know a play that probably no one else can break their wrist on because he's such a freak. He could turn around and switch his, put you know put all his his power back on one joint and he and he and he broke it. Um, so you know I think there's some pieces there. I mean uh, you know the whole Alex Smith. We know that you've been in love with Alex Smith. You know. A, a, <laughs> Obviously, Actually, in, but the thing was is not to I don't offend think your wife. Was a bad but... quarterback. I didn't think he fit under Bruce Arians, so I didn't think they were going to get him if they didn't stuck around. I think he has much more of a chance now coming into a different system. Bruce Arians' system is predicated on the deep ball. Alex Smith is not. He, he will make a deep pass occasionally, but he is not a deep ball quarterback. So, I think there's much more of a chance that if that's the guy they decide on, that they could tailor the offense to work with him because you're not dealing with a guy like Bruce Arians who's notoriously unwilling to modify his offense for his quarterback. Right, right. And, you know, I think that one of the things that everyone says, and I, you know, happen to agree with on this bit of it, is that, you know, Arians wasn't fired. Um, the cupboard isn't bare. It wasn't a really um, embarrassing no. yeah, Caesar. Uh, you know, I mean, you lose your quarterback, you lose your running back. I mean, they had a lot of injuries, especially to critical positions, where they obviously didn't have a lot of depth, um, especially at quarterback. They had no depth at quarterback, um, unlike the Vikings, who also had injuries, but they were able to overcome. 
Um, so, you know, I think you know, Wilkes coming into that situation, it's it's a plus for what we, you know, could have moving forward. I mean, I think any 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 first time, uh, multiple time NFL head coach who comes into a situation where the team is eight and eight and probably would have been 10 and six, 11 and five if they didn't have injuries. Um, you know, that's got to be a plus for them because they know they stay healthy next year and get a, you know, decent signal caller. Um, you know, we have a chance of making the playoffs and, and that's not necessarily the case for everybody. Yeah, and I think he's also going to benefit from the fact that McCoy's there, who has been a head coach in the past. Right, right. It's it's similar to um, Mavulo with the Diamondbacks. You know, he hired Ron Gardner to be his bench coach. I think right. that just having that experience, you know, he can kind of prepare you for what to expect, you know, when it gets rough. And I think despite the fact that McCoy wasn't overly successful in the head coach, he could still just, you know, he has that previous experience he's bringing there. And, you know, he's also got a little bit of experience getting the best out of quarterbacks. He was the offensive coordinator with the Broncos when Kyle Wharton was there. And Kyle Wharton, you know, never known as a great guy, a great uh, quarterback, but he had some pretty good years under right. McCoy. Right. So, and then he obviously worked with, um, in San Diego with Philip Rivers, who was already a proven talent, but, well, we're getting close to our bell for our 10 minutes on the uh, Cardinals. Um, let me ask you, um, do the Cardinals uh, draft a quarterback? I say I'm drafting quarterbacks fairly regularly moving forward to try to find the one that they get and that they'll have you know, maybe one, two um, um, uh, veterans in there, you know, probably sign somebody to kind of, you, know, uh, yeah. uh, you know, bridge I... the gap. Are you seeing it the same way? Uh, almost. I see them signing a veteran to be the stopgap guy, but I don't know if I see them drafting many quarterbacks. I think you don't want to turn into the Browns where you're <laughs> drafting a quarterback and giving up on him before the year's even over. Right. So I see them maybe drafting a guy and then giving him some time, and then if it becomes clear that he's not the guy, either in practice or he gets game time, then yeah, maybe go out and draft another guy. But if they do draft the first round this year, which I think they will, um, I, I'd like to give him at least a little bit of time. And I, I would like to see them get a guy like an Alex Smith because if we look at the guys who have been really successful as a, as, as a quarterbacks, it, a lot of them sat for a while, like your Aaron Rodgers types. And so you're Jimmy Garoppolo. a lot of these guys in this, these, this draft, though, they're saying, you know, they're really talented, but outside of the top maybe two, like Donald, they're not really polished. Uh-huh. So they might need some of that extra time. Yeah. yeah, mostly the same, but I just don't know if I see them getting a new guy every year unless someone falls on my lap. Yeah, you know, uh, we, you know, and w- what I meant by that was, you know, kind of, you know, drafting somebody to, uh, and and doing it regularly because you're trying to find that 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 diamond yeah. in the rough. Well, more, you know, and sometimes you get them into your system and you realize they're not working. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, they haven't drafted a quarterback since John Skelton, I think, is. The last well, no, thing they I took uh, Logan Thomas. Oh, that's right. They did take Logan Thomas, right? He right. was a real, and he, I think he's like playing tight end for like the Bills now or something. Well, I guess that didn't work out for him. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're going to move he, on to the Diamondbacks. Shall I ring the bell or? or he, ring, ring the bell. Ring the right. bell. All right, here we go. Okay. <laughs> all right, moving on to the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks, like many other. Uh, baseball teams right now, the biggest news is that there's not really any news at all. There's just, we've gotten a little bit of movement recently with the Brewers kind of stepping up their game, signing Lorenzo Cain and trading for uh, Coglin from the Marlins. 
But yeah. still, you know, JD Wasn't Martinez that Christian on the Yelich, line, right? He's obviously the biggest name out there related to the Diamondbacks. Do we think the Diamondbacks are still in in it on the JD Martinez sweepstakes? I do. I I definitely think they are, and. Um, you know, I mean, because there's other moves to make there. I think right now they're holding on to Tomas, thinking that th- at least they got somebody that could potentially hit for power. But if they sign um, uh, Martinez, they, he, they trade him. Dri- drive for speed, so. Well, hey, he might not be able to hit the ball 105 miles an hour, but he could sure drive his Mercedes 105. <laughs> I'm more impressed that he drove 105 at 9 a.m. on the 101. You know, that's exactly what my wife said. And I was just like, well, that's when traffic starts to slow down. And maybe he was stuck in traffic for a long time. But still, he had to get some serious weed on him, doesn't (laughs) Well, you know, hey, he's used to driving. I mean, he is from Cuba, you know, so he's Uh now got a car that works. And uh, (laughs) he's excited. But, uh, you know, the Diamondbacks... um, you know, I think it was it was Christian Yelich um, and and Yelich, uh, Lorenzo Kane. Yeah, no, no, who that, trade for Conklin? That's my fault. Yeah, no, no, no. They go to Milwaukee. I mean, they make Milwaukee a player, and then the next thing you see, they're trying to either get uh, Corbin or somebody else from us. Um, and you know, you have to be impressed. It seems like the Milwaukee Brewers and the New York Yankees are the only two teams that have made any significant additions. Um, and the, the Angels. Yeah, who did the Angels add? Oh, it's right, the, the signed, Japanese Otani, guy. The uh, Japanese player, and then they signed, um, they re-signed Upton. Yeah, well, again, the only major moves <laughs> by the Milwaukee well, Brewers. If you look at, look at Upton's numbers last year, they're actually pretty good. And I agree that for many teams he's an underperformer, but the Angel, if you look at the Angels' left field performance last year, he was by far the best option. So you know, I hate to say this to you because I know you're an Angels fan. Um, just you know, it's left over from you know pre Diamondbacks days. Because even though you like to always stick in my face how young you are compared to me, um, <laughs> you're still old enough that you remember a time before you know pre Diamondbacks in, in in Phoenix. That's so why I'm an Angels fan. It just shows you how old you're getting. Um, but <laughs> my first my, my ten year high school reunions this year. So see, you're getting old, Wayne. Um, but you know. Luckily, you're not on your 30-year high school reunion, which <laughs> which I am this year. So, there you go. Um, but uh, last thing I want to say about the Angels, if we can probably hopefully stay away from them on this podcast, but um, Upton's a cancer. He's going to kill the team. Okay. Uh, next thing. <laughs> um, but well, no. As, as an Angels fan, I'll tell you, you can't kill something that's already dead. <laughs> it's Mike Trout and a bunch of AAA like or uh, 4A players. It's basically what the Angels are right now. So they need anything they can get. You see, because you know what's going to happen. Upton's going to – oh, I'm talking about the Angels. But Upton's going to come in. He's still going to think he's better than uh, Mike Trout. And that's and that's going to – But the thing is, he's already been on the team. He, they traded for him last year. Yeah, I know they, they know traded for him. I know. I remember that was like the one of the only tweets I did last fall um, was ripping on the, you. And, and the thing is, is, with Mike Trout out for almost like three months, they almost made the playoffs somehow. I don't know how. I've looked at all of their stats. I have no idea. AOS so, sucks. I think they, I think it's a move that like they made because there wasn't any other moves to make, and so they knew they had to do something. But and so if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But they would have been demonstrably worse without him too. They like they would have had a guy hitting two twenty with uh, four home runs and thirty RBIs in left field otherwise. So. They're just so bad that there's only way they could go without. But we'll get off of them. 
Back to the Diamondbacks. Back to the Diamondbacks. I, I, I also think um, they're in the J.D. Martinez sweepstakes because I think he's not getting, like all Scott Boris clients this year, he's not getting the offers he thought he was going to get. And if he's going to take a lower offer, I think he really liked it in Arizona. So he might, you know, he oh, might yeah. figure, hey, if I'm going to take a lower offer, I might go to the place I know where I did very well versus going to Boston where I may not really fit in on their team. Yeah, and he wants to play defensively, and you yeah, know supposedly you know the Sox are saying DH is part of the time. Right. So you know, I mean, what do you do? Uh, you know, if I was JD Martinez, I'd sign with the Diamondbacks, but uh, uh, it's if because I was I'm a homer. I might go in there and be like, oh, you know, maybe stretch it, stretch what your offer was going to be. Be like, hey, we know you're not getting the offers you want. We really like you, but we're on a more limited budget than the Red Sox, but we're willing to extend this a little bit out. You know, make him feel wanted. With no sexual harassment, though. <laughs> just you just got to make sure but that there's verbal the and is, nonverbal the cues. They, they kind of have to go for it now. They're not, they have some young players, but they're not really a young team at the core. You know, they've got Granke, they've got Goldschmidt. Pollock, well, not all that old, is old for his age just because of all the injuries, injuries and how yeah. he plays. So yeah. they kind of are in a position where they need to go for it. Yeah, but you know you don't want to also mortgage the future, and I'm you know I'm with that. Um, no, but that's the thing about free agency is you know especially if you can get him on a deal close to what you're willing to pay, you already mortgage the future with, in terms of financially with yes money to loss. So yeah, well he's only got a year or two left either. I mean you know he's he's not he's not a long term um, uh, anchor. You know Granky's more of that. And and possibly sure. re-signing Goldschmidt to a five or six year deal, where it carries him to his age thirty five, thirty six, thirty seven year, um, that those things can be you know troubling. Um, we kind of segued into Goldschmidt. Um, do you think there's any movement at all, or do you think he goes all the way to the end and goes to free agency? I think he gets re-signed. He's another guy who I think he really likes it here. He's been it here his whole Wayne, I think you stepped in a in a tunnel. Sorry, I switched sides of my face again with my phone. We, we already realized that was a problem. That's my fault. Uh, but yeah, he, he, you know, he does a lot of stuff with Phoenix Children's Hospital. He's very involved in the community. He's one of the guys who likes it. So I think as long as they make him a competitive offer, I think, I think a deal gets done. It might go down to the wire because our ownership group sucks. But I think, I think they get a deal done. I think he's one of those players who. The only reason he might not is because his previous contract, they got him on somewhat of a pretty sweet deal for the team. Yeah. So he may be looking to make a little extra money for retirement. but. Yeah, how much money do you need? I mean, he's making 13 or $11 exactly. million. Exactly. You know, he still made, what, like $50-plus million on that last deal. And he'll probably make 100 at least. On and I'm sure, he, and, you know, I'm sure he has an investment advisor, and he invested most of that, so it's all probably doubled since then. So, I mean... He, you got more money than you know what to do with. Yeah, and you know Paul Goldschmidt's time, not spending it on strippers. J.D. Martinez, I mean, what did J.D. Martinez fire his agent because someone from Scott Morris' office was whispering in his ear, and it's it's when someone tells you, you know, you can go out there and make all this money, then you can be pretty tempting. And you can't blame a guy for trying to maximize the value. And No, I just don't think it's there. The Oompa Loompa at the head of the Dunbacks franchise. Oompa Loompa. <laughs> likes to try and uh, <laughs> undercut people, so we'll see. He'll squeeze every dollar he can out of them. Exactly. Um, you know, I mean, and the last thing, I mean, you know, we're, again, we're coming up on bell time here, but um, uh, 
JD Martinez and all these power sluggers, and you know, there's talk of collusion, um, you know, not with the Russian government, but uh, between MLB franchises and what's going on with all these veterans not getting big deals anymore. And you know, with the rise of analytics and all these other things, I just don't think it makes sense for for teams yeah, to I do don't... it. It doesn't seem like it's collusion per se, but more like, hey, our numbers are now telling us. We shouldn't be spending a hundred million on anybody over yeah, thirty-two. I don't think it's collusion. I think it's history. I think right. Went, hey, you give A. Rod and Mark Teixeira and Albert Pujols and all these aging sluggers, you give them ten-year contracts. You know, they're only good for half of those years, and I think that was a risk people were willing to take. But then you look at a guy like not to take it back to the Angels, but Pujols, and you know, he tanked almost immediately. Right. And that's a and you're speaking of albatross, and that's an albatross that contract. The Angels finally have uh, Josh Hamilton, another one guy coming off the books, and um, some other big contracts. But they've still got that Albert Pujols contract, and that can stop you from making any other moves. So right. I think that I'm I think the Diamondbacks are rightfully hesitant of that because they are a mid market team in terms of what their payroll can be, and I think the other teams are also some of the big spenders are now being wary of that as well. Even the Yankees, they. You know, they took on a big contract. They traded for Giancarlo Stan, which is, you know, a similar contract um, to what A-Rod's was. But if I remember correctly from the time when he first signed it with the Marlins, there are a lot of outs for the team in that contract. Right. So, and, you know, you take a you take a, a leap like that when there's a chance that you could have two outfielders who have for the entire team. Um, okay, uh, time for last thoughts. My last thought wants to go back to what I had said before, and I'm still kind of sticking to my whole idea. Because after I had said early, right after the season ended, um, that we'd probably end up trading Zach Greinke at some point, but by the end of 2018, Archie Bradley would be in the starting rotation, um, and they would re-sign J.D. Martinez. I'm still sticking to all of those three. All three, um, huh? All three you know, predictions like, are still... The market for Granke just seems tepid. It seems like the Rangers and the Yankees were the only guys interested. They didn't like the price tag. Yeah, I just don't think that they're willing to pull the plug. I mean, if you're going to stay... Um, uh, I think if the Diamondbacks are going to stay static um, and they don't sign Martinez, then they don't necessarily have to make the Granke deal. Um, but if they do sign Martinez, maybe they make the Granke deal or the Tomas deal. Um, and that was also yeah, part they, of my prediction is that, that Tomas would be gone. Cole, so maybe they're more desperate to go out and get a picture now. Yeah, and, you know, you never know what happens, um, you know, when it gets there. But, uh, you know, I'm sure Milwaukee would love to have Granke back too, and you never know if that is, ends up working. Um, but anyway, um, last thoughts on Diamondbacks and what's going to happen between now and spring training? I think that they – I do think they're in on J.D. Martinez. I'm not confident enough to say he's going to be back for sure, but I do think they have a legit shot. Um, I do not think they're going to trade for Manny Machado. I think that's over. Yeah, a bunch of hot air. Right. Um, a bunch of writers desperate for content, and one guy in the organization may have mentioned, "Yeah, we'd love to have Manny Machado." Because yeah. Who wouldn't? <laughs> but it, I don't think it's realistic. All right, we're ready to ring the bell and go on to the worst for last, the Phoenix Suns. Ring it. All right, here we go. All right, worst for last, Phoenix Suns. <laughs> All right, yeah, like you said, the Suns, you know, not. Doing great now. Just in case big, people don't want to hang big, around the podcast, we'll leave the Suns for last. Which, 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 which makes uh, the comments made by GM Ryan McDonough recently pretty. Accelerate concerned. the timeline. Yeah, yeah. Scott Bordeaux 
for me, essential. You know, he recently reported in a conversation with McDonough that he's going to accelerate it and they're going to be real aggressive in free agency. Um, you would hope that they're always aggressive in free agency. <laughs> <laughs> but in the past, it hasn't actually been very successful for the Suns. They, you know, they've gone after big free agents a lot. Don't really want to come to Phoenix outside of, you know, Charles Barkley. Uh, that's always a trade, so yeah. Um I mean, Charles I can Barkley. see why he's going to be aggressive. There's a lot of big names hitting the free agent market. Right. You've got, you know, they need a point guard, obviously, Isaiah Thomas, you know, which we've seen that before. Um, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook are all free agents. I just don't see any of those guys coming here. Isaiah Thomas, obviously, because of his relationship with the organization. Russell Westbrook, because of the offense he took when Kevin Durant left, I think he really is invested in OKC, and I think they'll come back. And then Chris Paul, I think he wants to stick around with the Rockets and see what's going to happen there because he's got a pretty sweet thing going on with all of his uh, comrades in arms and all of their secret tunnel missions to go beat up other teams. <laughs> the other guys are a lot of you know big men, DeAndre Jordan, uh, outside of Kevin Durant and LeBron James, who are not coming here. Right. Um, DeAndre Jordan, um, DeMarcus Cousins, but you know he just had a season-ending injury, so I don't know if you want to take a risk on that. Boogie then, busted oh, his Achilles. Oh, uh, De- uh, DeMarcus Cousins, you guys need to look. <laughs> I know it was his Achilles. Achilles injury. Um, and then a lot of old guys, Dwayne Wade, that, um, you know, that kind of, or Kamara. Washed up Dwayne Anthony, Wade. And I don't think those guys, those guys don't make you any better. Yeah, and, you know, and, and, and Wade is washed up. I mean, it's... Yeah, Wade's washed up. Carmelo Anthony can still score, but He's one of those guys we've seen throughout his career. He doesn't make a team better. Yeah, how much are you going to invest in him, right? You know. Well, and you don't want a guy who's just a scorer when you've got Booker. You already have a scorer. You just need you need a distributor, and you need maybe a, a forward who can score, which I know Anthony is, but you need a forward who can score and, and distribute so that you're helping Booker become better and not stifling his growth. Right. So I think, I think he's just saying that because he sees, you know, interest – and the team slipping away, and he's trying to make convince fans that you know all's not lost. But it's I lost. still see them with ending up with the top five pick in the draft, and hopefully drafting a, a good point guard, and hopefully a point guard who can play right away, like a De'Aaron Fox, who they could have had. Um, or I mean, it, even in the draft, I mean, uh, you know, I mean Trey well, Young's no, that's looking that's better that's and right better. Here. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox, but De'Aaron Fox was someone who they could have drafted. who's turned into a pretty good point guard this year, and yeah. you know. They ended up taking Josh Jackson, who hasn't done really much this year at all. They could have traded that pick for, uh, um, what's his name? Is now uh, slipping my mind. The flat earther out in Boston. Jason Tatum? No, uh, the point guard, Kyrie Irving. Oh, right, right. And, the flat earther. And while, right. Yeah, and while he, you know. There's no guarantee who's going to resign here. At least you could see what Booker could do with a legitimate point guard next to him. Yeah, and know whether that's, that that would even work. I mean, it's it's hard I, to tell what this team is. You know, listen to a Suns well, game. And, I think they, they've gotten stuck in that timeline mode where they just keep stockpiling picks and keep drafting guys. And so the team is forever going to be a bunch of 19 and 20 year olds, and they're forever going to have 25 picks in the next three drafts. But at some point, you got to turn those picks into actual assets that you could use. Right. And you have, you know, Booker, yes, he's young. He got into the league at 19, so he's still young. But before you know it, he's going to be 24, 25, and you're going to have to have a team around him, not just a bunch of undeveloped right. rookies. Right. So right. They're going to have to start 
doing that soon. Otherwise, you know, Ryan McDonough's not going to be able to accelerate the timeline because he's not going to be the GM anymore. Nope. <laughs> and speaking no. of Oompa Loompa owners, their owner's just going to bring in another sycophant who's going to tell them that he's doing a great job and they're just going to be stuck in this perpetual mediocrity. Yeah, again, you know... That's I what think mediocrity we, would actually be enviable at this point. Exactly. <laughs> They're below and, media, mediocre. And, you know, we've made this point before, and, I, you know, we, we, we solidly put all blame on the Phoenix Suns on uh, Robert Sarver. Um, and I don't think that's changed, right? No, I mean, well, I put some of it on, on McDonough. I think there are some deals that McDonough has made that haven't worked out. Mm-hmm. A lot, I, I, I think, you know, he, you know, he drafted Booker, which... Excellent draft pick, obviously, but he's also drafted in Marquise Chris and Dragon Bender, two forwards who still, you know, you're still not sure what you have. Um, and then, like I said, he didn't make the that cut. He there's a chance to get tired of everything, and he decided that Josh Jackson, to that team, reportedly who they wanted with that pick the whole time, was too valuable to trade away that pick. And now he's had a pretty pretty terrible year, and that could be a result of coaching, which is once again on the GM for the coaches they've hired. Um, but yeah, also I think a lot of it's Robert Sarver because there's that meddling aspect. So mm. you have to ask, are these actually Ryan McDonough's moves or are these Robert Sarver whispering in Ryan McDonough's ear? Yeah, and you know, I'm you, listening to Eddie Johnson do Suns broadcasts. I, 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 I just respect the hell out of the guy. I just think, you know, he's got some insights that you don't really see. And, you know, they're talking about um, Josh Jackson, Jason Tatum comparison, saying, would Jackson be putting up Tatum's numbers if he was playing on the team they have in Boston? And that's, would Tatum be having those point. same... Yeah, that is a good point. You know, and it's, and it's one of those things where you don't know when you have just a bunch of young guys, and just because we got Tyson Chandler and Jared Dudley, not, you know, you're not talking like you have an all-star that's a... That's a veteran, and it, it changes no, the but, dynamic but of the team. That goes back to that whole thing about maybe trading for Kyrie Irving. You're, you, you're, signing, you're drafting a player to be on the team you have. So on the Suns, having Kyrie Irving might have been more valuable than having Josh Jackson, even though Josh Jackson may have gone to Boston or somewhere else. They wouldn't have gone to Boston because Boston took before them. But when he went somewhere else, and thrived. Right. He's not thriving here. Right. Which yeah, but I mean, the point though, then. Pick for your team. Yeah, and, and and what I was getting at with it is, does that change then if they can go into free agency and get the right free agent to come in here who can be a veteran, potential all star or former all star or current, you know, depending on whoever they could get, but then it, it solidifies what happens on the court. Sure. You know, and sure. it does if they change can certain do things. That, then yes, but I'm just off of that list of free agents I read. The ones that would actually be able to do that, at least in my opinion, you know, I don't see any of those guys coming. Yeah, and you know, I, I don't see a Russell Westbrook coming here. No, and, and argue, he wouldn't arguably make them better because, like, once again, he's more of a score. I mean, he does rack up a lot of assists, but he's more of a, a score than a distributor. Yeah, and I think Bordeaux's, um, you know, piece, you know, kind of talked about free agents, but it was also mentioned in there that they would be more active in the trade market too, and so I think that that also plays into it. Who they're going to get, I think, is unknown at this point in time. And you know these players are coming available in trades more frequently. Like a guy like Kyrie Irving, five years ago, you'd never think would ever be traded possible to trade for. So yeah, you never know who that one guy is who's going to like kind of. I know that they were talking about um, the point guard from Charlotte. I, I his name escapes me right now, um, and potentially trading for him. But then I heard reports that they're not interested. So. And and that one would even be perplexing because that point guard, I believe, is like it's 
He's 29, which would put him basically same age range as Eric Bledsoe, and the whole reason they traded him, according to the team, was that he didn't fit into the timeline, 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 timeline. Yeah, but that's so, baloney. I mean, don't you? I mean, I mean, uh, I see Eric Bledsoe as being like uh, a, a basketball's version of Justin Upton. <laughs> yeah, know, all, I don't know. All, I mean, all he's not promise. the best point guard, but I'm saying is, is like if you tr- sometimes I feel like the Suns make trades simply because rumors get out there that they're interested in making trades, and then they feel like obligated to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Like they feel like because they don't handle it well with the player, they don't go to the player and either say, "Yeah, we were listening" or whatever. They handle it as poorly as possible, and then you get these disgruntled players who are upset because the front office isn't being honest with them. Uh-huh. And that's why you, you know, you turned American, you turned a was the Slovakian sweetheart <laughs> point guard into a disgruntled player. Every point guard they have seems to lead disgruntled outside of Steve Nash. Yeah, uh, you know, again, I think it's, you know, whatever's going on behind the scenes, whether it's McDonough or Sarver, there's obviously something rotten in Denmark. And the, if Denmark equals sons, it's definitely an issue. Um, and if anyone from Denmark wants to immigrate to the United States, they will. Well, you know, if Trump has his way, we'll definitely get as many white people as we can immigrate. They have a very white culture. <laughs> <laughs> um. The last thing I want to say, too, is I feel the same way. We talked about Josh Jackson, but the same thing with Bender and Chris. Um, you know, you, you you have them on teams where I don't think, you know, you're you're depending on them to act like they're a 10-year veteran, and they can't because they're not. And, um, you know, we had talked on the last time of the podcast, I was saying how, you know, Bender had been impressing me. Um, then he had some great games after that, but he's disappearing. But you see that there's some potential there. Chris was on a roll, too, and then he ends up, getting hurt, and he's gone for a week and a half. He comes back looking worse than he did before he went out. Um, I think it's just one of the same same thing that will come back to it. I just think with, you know, Booker's got some of those skill sets. He's a smaller guard, um, you know, wing player. I think he can show up. I, it, You know, the guys that are playing down low, um, it's hard for a 19, 20-year-old kid to actually play like a 25-year-old. Yeah, a, you know, and, and you're seeing that with Alex Lynn. He, you know, he's been there forever, but he's still only like 25, and he is developing, so. Yeah. And T.J. Warren, another one. So. And, you know, I think Len has been impressive. I mean, you look at it, when he gets time to go in there, his his numbers really show. Um, you know, and I think they're just sticking with Tyson Chandler because they need somebody who's a veteran. Well, but I then they seem very willing to let Len go away. I think Len has been better off the bench. I think he is kind of like one of those six-man type of guys. Mm. Which, which, but he can still get starter-type minutes off the bench. Yeah, the whole, sometimes and, it's just... The other guys around him and the rotations. And one of the things they talk about... That might be a smart idea. Use him like that. You've got um, plenty of centers on this team who can start the game and come out after a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, and we know he's unrestricted after this year. And what happens with with Len is... Seven and they're probably not going to. And, and, you know, part of the dynamic of what's happened in the NBA is if you don't have that stretch five... You know, that's what everybody wants. And they drafted him like the year that the stretch five had its last gasp. I mean, the yeah. the, the, the standard five, the traditional center had its last gasp. Now, if you don't shoot a three and you're a, you're a center, you're not going to play in the in the association, it seems like. And then you're stuck to be a six man. So although I worry about Len getting big money somewhere else and leaving, um, you know, the, you the nature of the league says he, it won't. I know the Pelicans haven't had a ton of success all over, but 
him and uh and the unibrow out there have been dominating <laughs> yeah that was a is it, you know I, I i don't think it's good for the league i mean i really i've always liked cousins he doesn't he, you know he's he doesn't scare me. He's one of those guys that, you know, I know that he's, you know, got that that. I know he's, that he's reputation. got an attitude and whatever, but he was also drafted by a shit organization, which we can attest to here. Which, <laughs> I you know. know. You know, how, how things have fallen. Now we're compared to the Kings. Well, we are, we are though. Even the Kings, even the, the Suns had the low Suns jerseys on the other day. Yeah, I know. They, they looked like the purple. Kings. <laughs> and the Kings kind of, like, called him out on Twitter, like, dude, you're just stealing our stuff. <laughs> We're the kings. We're, we're a hotter. We're the kings of the southwest. <laughs> I know how how the mighty have fallen. Oh, JC, where are you, Jerry well, the Colangelo? Is the Suns organization has like the like one like best winning percentage or one of the best winning percentages like franchise history in the NBA. But and then we don't. But no championships. That's the. Yeah, well, just just ask, just just you know, Robert Sarver and Ryan McDonough will single handedly change that for us. Thank you. By the time they're done, we will no longer have a good, long, um, you know, uh, franchise winning percentage. I don't think um, it's going to go down. Well, what we need to do is change the name from the Suns to the Investment Futures, and then Sarver will be in his comfort zone, and uh, he can take us, you know, take us all away. And maybe you know he'll sell it to some millennial, and they'll they'll then rename it the Phoenix Bitcoins, or well, well Bitcoin's crashing right now. That wouldn't be the hot one. <laughs> well, what is it? Uh, uh, you know, what did they ever they they, they named uh, some drink company? Uh, Long chain, blockchain, right? Blockchain. That's the, the technology. That's where you want to make your investment. The Phoenix Suns blockchains. Um, okay, so uh, let's ring the bell on the Suns and go to. Um, uh, cheers or jeers or, or you know whatever we'll call it maybe, you know maybe we'll try calling it cheers and jeers today anyway let's ring the bell and then we'll we'll talk about that all right ring the bell okay uh yeah let's do cheers and jeers just announce whether it's a cheer or a jeer and then i will play all right Afterward. the phoenix suns will compete for a playoff spot in the 2018-2019 season Jeer? Was that a jeer? That's a jeer. Okay. I just don't, I, I don't see them. They, they might be aggressive with free agents. I don't see them getting any next year. And I just think they're going to. If they can make a good draft pick, they might improve, but I still don't see them making a playoff. No. Oh, that's really sad. Um, I'm a passive. Let's stay on the playoff. Um, the Arizona Diamondbacks will compete for a playoff spot in 2018. Cheers. Oh. Good, good, good. And why is that? I, I say that because they were a playoff contender last year before J.D. Martinez got here. Now they slumped and he got them over the hump for sure. But I think a lot of these players, you know, some of the young players they've got got another year of experience, which might help prevent a slump as drastic as it was mm-hmm. last year. The, the slump was pretty bad. So, you know, I think that even if they don't get JD back, they could still compete for a wild card spot. All right. Um, let's, let's, let's maybe push the Dodgers. Ooh, push the Dodgers. So, uh, you know, it, it all depends on, you know, what type of year you get from Granky. If Ray can put together another all star type year, that kind of thing. But, so how about yeah. the let's 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 stay on it for the last of my cheers or jeers questions to Wayne, um, and let's go just the same question but with the Cardinals. They're going to compete for a playoff spot in twenty eighteen. Yeah, I'm on the fence on this one, but I'll go cheers. 
Oh, and I say that because you know, the, you know, the, <laughs> the the division is, is there's a lot of competition in the division right now. I think the Seahawks are obviously on the way down. The um, Giant, I mean, the 49ers are on the way up because once they got Garoppolo, they obviously went on that winning streak at the end of the year on quite a high note. But I think that could be detrimental for them. They might get overconfident, which we've seen with Cardinals teams in the past. Right. And, you know, they might think, oh, man, we were unbeatable once we got this quarterback. We're going in this year. We're going to be great. And I think they might, it might cause them to uh, overlook some of their other deficiencies. The Rams are obviously going to be a challenge, but, you know, another thing we're very. Uh, we know a lot about here in Arizona is one really successful year does not necessarily mean you're going to go on a run. So right. I think there's a lot of competition. So they'll at least be in competition for one. Whether they'll get it or not, I don't know. But they did finish eight and eight this year with like 15 or 20 guys on long-term injuries. So and without their best player. So I think that uh, yeah, they'll definitely compete. All right, Wayne, it's your turn. All right, we'll start with the. Diamondbacks. Oh no. Do you think the Diamondbacks will make a major transaction before the year begins? The season begins. Mm. Cheers and cheers. Yes, I do. I do. And I think who, who do you think it's gonna be? I do think it's gonna be JD Martinez. I do think that yep. it's it's taken so long that he's gonna come back here. I mean, there's no other reason for the Red Sox to wait. So, you know, no, there's got to be something wrong with the deal. Point. These guys want to be on a team. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know. Yeah, I agree with you. Other than that, I do think, you know, and then, you know, just like my same predictions, I think, you know, once that boot falls, then the other ones are going to come. So then okay. the Diamondbacks and Ken Kendrick will be naked if anyone needs that picture in their mind. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give that. Wait, hold on. Hold on. I'm just going to give Ken Kendrick being naked a boot. <laughs> All right, go ahead. All right, we're going to move on to the Cardinals. Okay. Who would have thought that the best ownership group in the Valley would be the Bedwell? Ten years, 15 years ago, people would have called you crazy. All right, am I supposed right. to do a cheer or cheer Let's for go Cardinals. Um, Larry Fitzgerald will suit up for the Cardinals in, 20, in the 2018 season. Yeah, I don't. I, I see that uh, you know Larry Legend is gonna you know he wants to outlive another coach, and I think that's where it's gonna be. Um, <laughs> They're not dead. <laughs> oh yeah, Bruce Arians might as well be. I dead. mean, Bruce Arians might be soon. <laughs> I mean, um, who knows? Who knows what kind of artificial life he's got pumping through his brains? But no. Uh, yeah, I think he'll be back too. He's a stat. He's a stat head too. He wants to get those stats. And... You know, and I think he still likes it, and he can still do it. You know. I, you know, I think all this other stuff is he likes, it's just like ego stroking, you know, that people care so much and want to ask him all the time whether he's coming back. Um, you know, and he's taking his vacation and doing his, you know, having yeah, fun. Well, and he's always, been, he's never been shy about the fact that he's like kind of cheap and that he quotes all his money. So I just don't think he could say that to another 11 or 12 million or whatever he's going to get. So. Okay. You can't leave that, it's hard to leave that kind of money on the table. No matter yeah. how much you have. Yeah, why would you? And especially when you're playing well and, you know, I mean, you know, anything can happen. I think, you know, he's one major injury from just going, all right, I'm done. But, um, you know, he's oh, probably think, got yeah, insurance for that, too. If anything hurt, anything serious, then, yeah, he'd, he'd call it quits. But he hasn't. I mean, he's been, he's been nicked, but he doesn't really have anything major, so. Yeah. But, all, right, all right, last final one. Final question. Uh, for parody's sake, I'll go, go to the Suns. Oh, no. And I will say... Um, Give me something I can boo. 
at some point in the 2018 season, there will be a Devin Booker um, is disgruntled controversy. 2018, 2019. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I think it's a matter of time. I think it's already happening, and we don't hear about it. I think I think he's yeah, already he, frustrated. He took some of it out on Enos Cantor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's what happens. You know, and. You know, I mean, that might be the solution, too. I mean, I hate to say it to Suns fans, but um, if we really remember what happened when um, the Suns had their first comeback in the 80s where, you know, they had been uh, one of those franchises that came on with a storm uh, for the most part 10 years after they started. They were in the NBA Finals. Um, and then they found themselves 10 years after that languishing. So what they do? They traded their best player and... You know, you could probably get a haul and a half and have multiple teams involved in getting, you know, what you need for Devin Booker. I, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not advocating yeah. it for it to happen. But, um, you know, um, those decisions have been made in the past, and I don't think he wants to be here. And it's, if it gets worse, maybe that's your answer because you have more leverage to trade him than anybody else. Yeah, I just, I don't know. These days you need two, maybe three superstars on the team to even contend. And they don't grow on trees. And I just, I don't know if you can just get away, give away a guy who's like legitimately has a shot to be one of those types of players. Because all you're going to get back are draft picks. And as we've seen, there's no guarantee those draft picks are going to turn into anything. You're basically going to get a draft pick and then hope that that draft pick turns into Devin Booker. So well, it's like, it's a, it's a cycle. At some point you got to, build around one of the draft picks that works out. Yeah, and I'm with you on that. I want to I want to hit you for one last... But I, but I also agree with you that I think the Suns will probably fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I want to give you one last cheer or jeer, and that and this is... Uh, uh, LeBron James will be a member of the Los Angeles Lakers next season. Cheer. Well, I'm giving it a boo. Just because I don't want him to be with the Lakers. Oh, I don't want it to happen, but <laughs> any other superstar like that with his cachet, I would give it a jeer, but we've already seen him do it. All right, we'll give it a And <laughs> well, we've already seen him do it, and the Cavaliers are flailing right now. Right. And we've seen him check out before when they were flailing. Now, granted, back then his gripes were legitimate because they literally just expected him to do it by himself and put a bunch of junk around him. But... Now they've built the team around him that he wanted. They've given him all these great players, and they're still flailing. So hey, you know I think I mean, Dwayne Wade's skill won. level. So I mean they they got their championships, but now he we've seen him in the past when the going gets tough, hop ship and go somewhere else. And so well, you're patronizing Dwayne Wade to call him a great player. Um, well, so. I, I'm not talking about Dwayne Wade. I'm more talking about you know Isaiah Thomas obviously hasn't worked out because he's been injured, but you know Kevin Love is a, despite what everyone says he is a very good player. I'm not saying they put great players. I'll revise the great players, but they put good pieces around. You know, and I would like to give myself my own cheer for this suggestion um, that we think about having, uh, you know, trying to acquire Kevin Love. I think he transforms the Phoenix Suns team well, by having somebody a, like yeah, that who can shoot a three. There was a rumor a few years ago that they were going to try and trade for him. And yeah, when he went to the Cleveland. Idea. So I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, but I think it also changes I, I, what I happens on the on the court. It. You know, for them, they need that in order to, you know, T.J. Warren might be able to score 35 points a night if you have Kevin Love being able yeah, to be on the perimeter. Yeah, catching the floor for him. Yeah, I mean, you know, because, you know, 
you know, we both like TJ, and you can see what he does. He's doing it down there with two or three guys clogging the paint every time he's down there, or within, you know, because you know TJ's a within the free, uh, you know, the foul line, um, you know, kind of player. Yeah. You know, he has to be at least near the rim. Um, you know, he's not a he's not a big dunker, but he can make those kinds of shots. Yeah, I mean, but, he's a mid range shooter, which is kind of a lost art in today's game. But. You know, and if you have people running the love. Either TJ or Booker are going to be open on the other side. And, yeah. you know, I mean, it just means, you know, whether they can play defense is a different thing, but you can outscore most teams. And that still gets you to the playoffs, whether you can win anything once you get there. Um, I don't think we'd care anymore. Let's just make it. We just want to get, yeah, because I, <laughs> I think, honestly, going back to our previous discussion about Booker, I think if they get Booker, that might be the last draw for a lot of Suns fans. You might start seeing that, today, that uh, arena pretty empty. Well, Wayne, I want to thank you again. I know this is your show, but I, since I'm kind of producing and here live and you're on the phone because I couldn't make it downtown today or yesterday, um, um, you know, it's it's always great talking to you. I miss seeing you. Uh, maybe I'll see you next month. Um, yeah. You know, and for anybody who doesn't know, uh, check Wayne on other uh, publications. Wayne's a terrific writer and journalist, so um, if you can find Wayne Shutsky anywhere, read what he writes. Um, th- thanks again, Wayne. Type it into Google and ignore the bad stuff. <laughs> and do not believe the porn sites. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Different person, right? Footlong Wayne is not the same guy. Um, anyway. uh, I, can, I can confirm that. <laughs> We'll, we'll have your wife on a podcast to confirm that for us <laughs> later. Um, if she doesn't tell you, you can't be on it anymore because of what I just said. <laughs> All right, well, it's my pleasure. So, Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll be back next month, I hope. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we won't be talking about a Devin Booker trade. Hopefully we'll be talking about a J.D. Martinez signing. All right. Well, let's just kind of um, talk banter into the as 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 it peels off, and when we start exactly. playing the music. All right. Let's I do. I agree. The... <laughs> All right. Thanks, Wade. Bye bye. Thanks, John.